pay Christian Nairn money every time you say that. Is that how that works? Um, oh, darn it. Oh, <laughs> oh well. no. Oh, well. I'm saying, You've spent... I'm saying this in 2018, so I'm sure by 2019 I'll be fine. You spent all our budget on Hodor's. Um, sounds dirty. Here we are, Christopher. Yeah, speaking um, of dirt, yes. <laughs> we're, re- we're recording this. It's us, by the way. Matthew Alphonsus Watson and Christopher... Bandersnatch Johnson. <laughs> Topical. Um, oh, still not watched it though. You know, I've I've not had time to dive into it now. Yeah, um, yeah. I, a a I theme was, that's going to come up. I was contacted about talking about it on the radio. Um, oh. on the twenty ninth of the evening. Would you talk about it? Pop culture for five live. I was like, well, no, for two reasons. One, I'm doing a panto, so I've not had a chance to sit down and watch it. Yeah, and two. I'm doing a panto, so I'll be on stage when you want me to be on the phone. <laughs> which was sorry, which is very upsetting because it was one of those paid radio things. Oh, so paid like, radio games. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. nice, but nice. It also would have lost its glamour slightly if I was talking like this the whole time. Yes. Oh, I love Although, me some Black Mirror. It's my favorite of all the mirrors. <laughs> maybe that would just have you know a. Uh, uh, an enhancing effect on the toll watching an episode of Black Mirror took on your soul. Oh my God. Maybe that's what that would illustrate to the audience. But yes, here we are. Here we are at the tail end of 2018 for us. And by the time you're hearing this, you'll be in a freshly minted 2019. You lucky, lucky people. Um, so we're going to do what's become a tradition and we're going to go over the best of 2018 and the rest of 2019, what we're looking forward to that's coming down the old time pipe. Um, I love a time pipe. So It's my favourite science fiction television show. So, um, I made a little list, because I'm organised, and I'm going to throw some things out there about what I thought was the best of the year. Best of 2018. Um, it's been a really good year for movies. Yeah, it bloody well has by Jiminy and his left leg. And it's been a really good year for genre movies. Horror has had a really good year this year. Because look at what we've had this year. We've had um, these, f- these four, possibly five horror movies, because one of them is a bit weird, on my, yeah. on, my, on my end of list. And that's the Halloween sequel. Oh, yeah. Um, a Quiet Place. With John Krasinski oh, and Emily Blunt. Um, Hereditary, which was just mind-blowing. Um, Overlord, which was great fun. And a great sort of um, a sort of throwback genre uh, action horror flick. And um, Annihilation. Oh, Annihilation! Netflix. Yeah, this sort of bizarre... Um, 
existential horror slash sci-fi slash wow this is this is neat <laughs> yeah like, what the hell am i watching made flesh um so if you if you don't know if you're a, if you're a fan of sort of of horror stuff this year i think you've had some real that's the stuff that i've seen that stood out to me i know that there's been some other big horror movies this year but that i haven't caught them a recurring theme of this of this episode is going to be oh yeah that came out but i haven't got to it yet <laughs> that's pretty much me with like so every other movie that came out this year i was like oh i'm gonna go see that and now that now that you know yes. rodian limitless members and stuff you think oh, i'll fit it in but you don't. It's really hard to fit it in. I think I'm going to try and fit some more. I'm I'm going to try and fit a movie in today after we've podcasted. But I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Mary Poppins Returns. I don't know if it's going to be Creed Two. I don't know what it's going to be. But it's not going to be Bumblebee because I've already seen that, and it's very good. But it's not made my best of the year. So that's my mention of Bumblebee. We'll talk about it more when you get back. It's the greatest young adult erotic movie ever, according to what I've read. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, kind no, it's not it. as. It... <laughs> yeah, sort of. Um, it's very good, She'll be and I watched it. Um, I don't think that's what you need to worry about. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, genre-wise, uh, I think we've had a really strong year for horror. Um, the uh, superhero game this year has been also strong. I don't know what you're talking just... about. They didn't bring anything out in the superhero genre no. this year. What do you mean? No, we've had we had Black Panther. God, yeah, we which did. Is, which was just so refreshing and so vibrant and exciting, and people really latched onto it. And then we had Infinity War like two months later. Yeah, <laughs> which blew everyone away with just how I watched it again on Christmas Day. And wait, you watched Infinity on... War on Christmas Day? Yeah, because it came on Now TV. Your Christmas Day movie um, yeah. is one where the bad guy wins. Well, that's just me in a nutshell, isn't it, really? That's my <laughs> that's my jam. Um, I mean, technically, Christmas Carol's a story where the bad guy wins. Oh, we watched a Muppet Christmas Carol on the 23rd. So. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you bloody did. And Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, Brightly shone the moon that night um, <laughs> oh God. Uh, don't don't strain yourself christopher don't strain yourself um uh, it, it is never a physical strain on oneself when one is impersonating <laughs> bean bunny um, <laughs> yeah that, that was um, my christmas day lineup we we basically watched like we brought three dvds to lincoln and we chuffed him while watched them and one was muppet christmas carol because obviously it's excellent it's really excellent and i'd forgotten how horrifying the ghost of Christmas present is like it's just oh, so oh, as, he, as he starts to wither but not even that just him in general <laughs> it's just this enormous puppet man it's like oh dear me oh, you're oh, scared oh then he starts to wither oh you're not scared of him you're scared of just the fact that it exists yeah how it's are they a, it's doing a, that it's a horrifying thing um, who the fuck is she waving to? <laughs> um, if you don't follow so, your watch, yeah. if you don't follow your watch of Muppet Christmas Carol, gentle listener, with an immediate viewing of the YouTube video raw commentary Muppet Christmas Carol, you're doing yourself a disservice. I think you've plugged that video on this show more than anything else ever. It's like staring at a penis. 
<laughs> a bloody, <laughs> a little, bloody penis. little penis. Um, okay, so yeah, Infinity War was just something else. <laughs> it was oh, yeah. just as an achievement of, of of bringing that many characters together and topping off ten years of cinematic storytelling. Like long form storytelling has definitely become a a more in vogue thing over the last couple of years, and Infinity War was the feather in that cap. Yeah, I mean, Marvel and um, Disney paved the way for this. Um, yeah. And we've, we've spoken about it before that there's only really two of these MCU movies where, um, well, really, there's only really one, which is Infinity War, where it, it, you, I guess, need to do the reading or at least be culturally aware of these characters and the situation. Um, yeah. Avengers served very much that sort of same purpose in 2012, but, it, all of them are still usually done in a way where you can come in cold and get it. Um, yeah. Like, you know, you'd be a little bit confused, but that's what happens when you leap into a sequel. That's just how things are. Yeah. In this and that's, case... And that's... Yeah. yeah in, in this case, it was... Um, you know, I guess you could probably grasp this as was, but it definitely was a reward for sticking with the required reading, um, which is why I think as well it came out so soon after Black Panther, to the point where they were doubling up in cinemas. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it was almost a way of saying, hey, thanks for going to see that one. Here's part two now. Like, here's more Black Panther for your money. Come come and see them now. But also, it's because it's Disney and they can get away with it. Yeah, true. <laughs> we're about to do it again this year, which we'll get into. But yeah, the, the, the overlapping Even quicker. Releases. Even quicker. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. But that was... That was a crowning achievement of blockbuster filmmaking, I think. Um, and then they took it down. Uh, S- Sony, of all people, took it down a notch and gave us, uh, again, another cracking, cracking superhero movie in Goosebumps Venom. 2. No. <laughs> ah, we both went for the no. same pun, but we chose a different punchline. We did for the different movies. Um <laughs> Venom makes a different kind of best list, which I'm not going to uh, yeah. go into here. Right, yeah, let's, um, let's not give Venom an honour on this list, but let's give Venom fan art an honour on this list. Uh, because, my God, that stuff is hilarious. And done with such love and care. Unlike Venom. Um, <laughs> but what was done with love and care, and it shows, it shines right through it like a beacon of wonder. With Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which we talked about uh, very recently, but bears bears repeating how yeah. good this movie is. Our second um, insect-based superhero jaunt this year, but unlike Ant-Man and the Wasp's fun heist comedy tone, this yeah. is just an explosion of warmth and joy, and 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 also particle accelerators and and colliders and all those other things that explode with sound effects written in the middle. Um, and bad guys shaped like giant cubes in suits. Yeah, oh my god. Clicking pens. <laughs> Clicking Fisk Industries pens. Um, I I went to Very see good. Into the Spider-Verse again uh, on Christmas Eve morning in a very, very brief gap before a two-show day. Um, in fact, like this is how much I loved it. My wife came to see me and said, like, oh, you know, that morning, what do you want to do? Do you want to just, like, go get some breakfast? Or do you want to take it easy and just stay in bed? And I went, Spider-Verse? I want to watch the Spider-Man. And she went, yes, please. 
So, up late the night before, up early the next day, off to the cinema for a 10.20 screening of Good. Into the Spider-Verse. Good. All the better You're a it. martyr. Oh. You're a martyr to your own passions, Chris. It's a beautiful <clears throat> film. It's it's stunning. And the best part is it's totally being recognised as such, which is so wonderful yes. to see. It's it's the rippling effect. It's not even word of mouth. It's it's just sort of this, this explosion of positivity that's driving people to go and see it. And it's, it's staying atop the box office, uh, especially in the States, they within the top three quite comfortably at the same time as Aquaman and Mary Poppins returns. Yeah. Out. There's, there is some stiff competition out there. Unfortunately, it looks like Bumblebee is going to be the loser. Um, yeah, which is a which shame. Is fine. I mean, because it's, 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 it, it's, it's a step in the right direction for that franchise. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I don't think it's going to be reflected financially. And of course, um, it's really impressive that all these movies have managed to keep their head above water with the box office juggernaut that is Holmes and Watson coming down the pipe. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, God. A film but 10 yeah. years in the making, and it looks just as terrible as it would have done 10 years ago. Oh, just why? <laughs> why? Um, because Step Brothers was a thing, that's why. Oh, John C. Riley, you're so much better than this. You're so much better than this. Why do you keep doing these? Um, but yeah, I. It's been a hell of a year for the for genres, but it's also brought us um one movie I think is is worth shouting out. That's not really in our wheelhouse, but is well worth seeing and and left a, a bit of an impact on me this year. Was um, Black Klansman? Oh, do uh, tell. Spike, yeah, you, you did a Spike it. Lee joint. Yeah, um, it's uh, based loosely based um, on the true story of a black police officer in a small town who impersonates a white man and ingratiates himself with the Ku Klux Klan chapter in that area, and it's. Um, it's it's uh, a strange, a strange I was film. Say, cause but the way you describe it, in my head, I'm like, this could either be a very well executed dark commentary comedy, or a really uncomfortable tense film. Um, does it skirt the line between both? Or it never made me. I mean, it did make me uncomfortable in parts, but not intentionally so. Yeah. Um, but it is also a, a, a very, very dark comedy. Um, but the way that it ends is very out of left field, and it leaves a big mark on you. And I'm not going to spoil it because it's worth it's worth watching. Um, Venom shows just up. to see it. Yeah, Venom. Venom appears. Um, <laughs> ooh, Tito touch. Um, <laughs> But also, it it's just, it's kind of, it, it's interesting because it kind of laughs at the sort of stupidity of these small town racists, but then also makes them potentially very dangerous because of their stupidity. Yeah. Um, but the way, the, the way it works is, is, is your, uh, your police officer whose, whose name escapes me, uh, impersonates, or he, he makes a phone call. To the uh, the KKK chapter, but they don't realise he's a black man, obviously, because 
uh, a lot of the time you don't you can't tell someone's identity from their voice unless they've got a very pronounced accent um <clears throat> which is a thing that one character cuz he he ends up talking to the like the the grand wizard so to speak of the of the KKK in in the USA and and develops a rapport with him over the phone and one thing this KKK guy keeps saying he's, he's played very well by um uh, Topher Grace. Mm. Um, he keeps saying, "Oh, you can tell, you can tell a, bl- a black man by the way he talks." <laughs> and meanwhile, you've got this police officer on the other side of the phone going, "Yeah, yeah, sure, okay, whatever." <laughs> um, and then what happens is when they need to set up face-to-face meetings, he he uses his colleague, played by Adam Driver, to um, to be the sort of face of this character he's concocted. Yeah. Um, and that sort of brings its own kind of tension, but it's a really, it's, it's, it's a hell of a movie and it's got a lot to say. And I think this has definitely been a year for, um, a lot of very socially motivated filmmaking, uh, both genre and mainstream and indie and big, 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 big studio pictures, all of that. There's a, there's a streak of that through the movie calendar this year, this year gone. Um, and I'm hoping that's going to continue because I think it's people are making some noise about some things that need to be heard and uh, Black Clownsman was a great example of that and I just wanted to shout it out even though like I say it's not really a, a genre picture and therefore not not the kind of thing we'd usually cover but um, it's fucking great <laughs> it's fucking great <laughs> go see it um, <coughs> find it if you can uh, so Chris any other movies this year that, that, that floated your boat that tickled your pickle that shook your tree and shivered your timbers you dirty bastard you know full well that a timber killed my family as a child <laughs> um, for me it's a, it's another smaller movie that had a bigger release here in the UK and a limited release abroad uh, which we have discussed on the show but Having watched it um, since uh, its release, I, I can just say I am absolutely delighted by it. And it, it's touching back on genre, but it's definitely worth checking out. And especially when it's an hour and a half, ladies and gentlemen, you've got no excuse. Fit it into your day. Um, it's the it's the adaptation of Ghost Stories. The uh, Andy. Nyman I completely Jeremy forgot Dyson that show. this came out this year. Yeah, that was it. Well, it was very. And I was watched it on the same day as A Quiet Place. <laughs> It was a very brief release. It, it'd be easy to, easy oh. to forget, which is why I wanted to highlight it. Because, my God, like adapting something from stage to film um, in a in a you know a non straightforward way, so you know completely a, an adaptation by definition can be tough because you can lose, especially with something that, for lack of a better term, sort of has a has a gimmick to it in a way. You can lose a lot in well, translation. Ghost stories, yeah. Um, is a story perfectly fitted for the theatre because of its execution, and and the, uh, the the gimmick I sort of allude to is that um, the the practical and visual um, effects of the show used to tell the story are done so well. They're done with a magician's eye, um, but specifically they're altered so that people who think they know what they're getting into will see something different. Every time they go, the same purpose, but a different execution. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, it has a, a mystery and an air about it that exists because of it being a stage show. Uh, it's also yeah. um, 
I'm trying to remember the, the correct term for it. It's not site specific, but but they they turn the venue that they're performing it, the show in into part of the show. So by the time you're in your seat, you're already feeling a bit unnerved, and it it's a very all um, encompassing thing to it's see. Immersive theatre. Yeah, probably it, it, it as. it's it's the, there are two shows I've seen um, four times, and this is one of them, and it's because I. You know, can't help myself, and and, and we're going to try our darndest to go and see it in March, April, when it makes a brief return uh, in London at the Hammersmith, the um, Eventim Apollo. I'm um, going to price that up and figure it out because it would be very cool to see it one more time. But the Apollo as well—that's a fucking massive venue. Yeah, so I'm, I'm intrigued to see uh, that. That's that's when they announced that. I was like, right, I'm fascinated to see how you translate this now. How do you how you scale it up to something that big? Yeah. Um, but that was, of course, the worry with the film. Like, what are they going to do? Is it, yeah, it going to yeah. transform it too much or is it going to keep it intimate? And the answer is they use adaptation as their key word. It's definitely the story of the show. But they found a yeah. different way to tell it. Yeah. Basic structure is the same. Three stories, three case files, and we're going to see all of them. Um, and Philip Goodman, our psychologist our professor, our debunker of supernatural phenomena is going to take us through these cases but it's not going to be a straightforward lecture we're going to see him go on a story on a journey that takes him to these things um the 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 new stuff with um the uh the character who who brings him into the story who i believe is just mentioned in the stage show yeah like that stuff adds an air of mystery because again if you know the show as we do we've seen it on stage you go into the film going, wait, hang on. I'm already feeling thrown off here. Something's different. Yeah. And that alone was a wonderful feeling because it was like, okay, I know I'm not going to predict everything now. Um, <coughs> it's a wonderful British horror film. It really, really is. Uh, with some, when was the last time we could say something like that? Yeah, oh, no. I mean, with some, with some wonderful turns by... Um, comedy actors as well and actors usually associated with comedy yeah yeah giving some really sort of quite touching and, and upsetting performances um i'm trying to remember the name of the actor now but the uh the performer from the black mirror episode shut up and dance uh from season four of that yeah show. um i've no idea I mean, oh uh series three i know the guy you mean yeah um Alex, uh, Alex Lawther, yeah. Um, uh, his, his turn in the second story is is haunting. And again, yeah. I, th- I, I wonder if the Black Mirror episode was a, 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 a nudge in his casting towards him getting this part because both of them are young men being put under immense pressure into a situation that no one would believe them. Um and it, it really, it really, I mean, him playing Simon um, Rifkind is just, it's, yeah, that segment is freaky <coughs> on stage and definitely in film. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And if you haven't seen the film adaptation of Ghost Stories, don't worry. It doesn't spoil the stage show. There will always be surprises in the live version. But it will definitely leave you thinking for a good long while afterwards. 
So watch it, you shits. Yes. Watch it. Um, It's very good. So that was the big screen. Let's talk about the small screen a little. Um, Again, so much came out this year that I just missed. But there was still some great stuff. And we're going to stay on horror for a bit. It's a very horror-themed year. And talk a little bit about The Haunting of Hill House. Which again, talked about last week. Very, very good show. Came out of nowhere on Netflix around mid of October. Um, and yeah, as we said last week, it's a show about a family um, in the 80s and in the present. And their experiences with the titular Hill House. And how its hauntings affected their lives and their relationships. And... It's creepy and great and full of awesome performances. And yeah, it's got jump scares. It doesn't rely on them overly like a lot of modern horror does. And it stretches the tension out over 10 episodes. So go, go, go give that a watch. Um, Netflix also gave us a season three of Daredevil, the final season of Daredevil, which I very much enjoyed. And I'm very sad to see that show go. Although... There is always the hope that it will be revived over on uh, Disney Plus, but then I'll have to get Disney Plus. Um, so you know, we'll, that's not great. We'll go halvesies. Yeah, <laughs> we'll share it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Inside Number Nine did a cracking Halloween special. Oh God, yes they did. I didn't catch the series this year. I've, I only watched the Halloween special, but wow, that was that was something. It, that was uh, echoes of Ghost Watch and. Just very smartly done. It was beautiful, and again, it was very much a um, like live TV was the emphasis. You had to be there. You had to either be watching it live or watching it that night slash the next morning with no no inclination as to what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So much so that I mean, it still works as it does on its own, but so much so that I watched it live that night, got home. And immediately convinced Lucy to stay up just an extra half hour to watch it on iPlayer. Yeah. So I was like, I need you to see this. And the way I was putting it was, she was like, why? What, like, can it not wait for tomorrow? I was like, no, honey, it's amazing. It, it, it's, it's brilliant um, because like stuff like, you know, when live TV doesn't quite work, she went, yeah, I went, the, the way they, these guys power through, honestly, it's worth watching. You've got to see it tonight because I, I just, I want to talk to you about it in the morning. She was like, Fine. Fine. <laughs> and she's she's a fan, but she was busy that night, so you know. And, well, yeah, and, I mean it's yeah. So we're talking like twelve at night. I'm convincing mm. to put iPlayer on. That's a pretty good time to watch it. To be fair, yeah. And, and then it comes on, and it gets to you know we won't, I won't say too much because if it, if it's on iPlayer, go watch it. But the first bit of technical difficulty starts to kick off. And she felt the way I think we all did, which was sort of embarrassed and upset for them. It was like, oh, that really sucks. This is, this is a fun premise. And then by the, the nine minute mark specifically. Yeah. Yes. She was like, yes. I'm not going to bed yet. I'm like, no, you're not. Keep watching. <laughs> Keep watching, my no. Ooh. Oh, dear. I love, the, I love the fact that it's at the nine minute mark as well. It's very smart. They're a very smart pair, uh, uh, Pemberton and Shearsmith. They're goodens, isn't they? Yes, they're goodens, isn't they? And we've got a further full series on its way as well. Yes, I'm going to have to catch up on that at some point. Um, it's 
it's the it's a hell of a show and and anthology tv i think is on the cusp of a comeback and they're spearheading it so broader anthologies like american horror story have been dominating for a few years and you know black mirror now with a bigger backing on netflix is is able to tell more stories on a bigger scale and you know inside number nine jordan peele's twilight zone reboot is on the way oh yeah which i am so excited for Especially um, after the trailer for Us dropped this week. Yes, yes. That looks great. Yes. I'm I'm slightly unnerved by the thought of scissors now. Yes. Because I'm just looking at all that thimble of them. And I'm just like, oh God, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh my yes. God. Um, um, so yeah, I think Inside Number 9 is, is uh, a very interesting show. And one I definitely need to catch up on. Um, and on the subject of interesting shows... We got season two of Westworld this year, yeah. Which some people have berated for going too far up its own robot ass, but I actually really enjoyed the the tale they wove this season and where it leaves the show going forward. Um, I think the way that the way it works, it kind of expands expands the show beyond the boundaries. Um. That were are imposing it by the by its source material, i.e., being that it is in the park solely, and moves it out further. It's an expansion of the concept, which is interesting. And seeing where they're going to go with that, I think is it's intriguing. And also, there's just it's a se- it's a season full of really interesting imagery and great performances, and it's all twisty turny, twisty turny, twisty turny. Um, oh, but they didn't. Twisted. Yeah, turny, twisty, twisty, I'm turny. Twisted, oh, twisted up. But it oh, didn't. It's a big I one. didn't find that off-putting. I thought that was. Um, it kept. My, it held my interest. And I know some people were like, "Oh, just enough already. Just get on with the show." But I, I really enjoyed where they went with it. So it paid off for me. I think that's the thing, um, evolve or die. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's gotta yes, it's gotta play with its format and try new things and and suggest new angles. Because if every concurrent series was like series one, yeah, y'all would get bored of it real quick. But also, series one ended on a cliffhanger, so mm. they had to do something with it. And yeah, it's an adaptation of a movie about a killer robot in a theme park. But how? F- how much can you do with that limited a concept? Well, you, in a I don't TV know, you've show. seen the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode of The Simpsons, right? Yeah, but that's one episode of The Simpsons. It's a great episode of The Simpsons, though. But how do you? Uh, but you know, how do you m- uh, maintain the momentum and uh, hold an audience's attention with that with just that core concept for multiple seasons? You can't do it. <clears throat> you need to expand, and the way they do it is is fascinating um and and a hell of a watch uh, speaking of of uh, changing and adapting to um you know breathe new life into a show i think we should reluctantly talk about uh something we're fans of oh there's nothing reluctant about this christopher <laughs> this is on my list and it was it was just so satisfying for me to love and enjoy something that I've loved and enjoyed for years but sort of been soured on with with recent developments but 
series 11 of Doctor Who. Dwight away. With Jodie Whittaker at the helm. It's ju- it was just a joy. It was just a joy. It was great, wasn't and it? Yet, it was a proper it, sort it, of relief. Yeah. And I know that some people felt that there wasn't enough stakes, that there wasn't enough, uh, that it was everything was a bit too small scale, but I think it needed that. And I think, it again, you've got that social, uh, that, that streak of social um, commentary running through it stronger than it's been for a while. Because it's always been there mm. for that show particularly, but it, it's stronger than it's been for for years. Um, and that sort of fit in with the theme of, the, of this year across entertainment of a lot of that stuff uh, being more socially conscious. Um, with episodes like Rosa and Demons of the Punjab and things like that. And, yeah, just seeing it take a stance. Mm, like and touching, touching on more uncomfortable points in, in history, like, say, specifically yeah. social history, um, and not just going, you know, uh, this isn't a, this isn't a, a, a slight to the classic run, but obviously a lot of the historicals in the classic run are, oh, look, we're in this setting, we're learning, isn't this fun? Regardless of, you know, how dark that setting is. Like, yeah. The Reign of Terror doesn't really dwell on the horrors that are happening during that story. And, uh, you know, the Romans doesn't really dwell on the severity of the insanity and, and whatnot of, of Nero. Um, it plays it up for laughs. Whereas these stories were, oh, yep, not only are we going to do a Rosa Parks episode, we're going to say some words in this that you're not expecting at seven o'clock on a Sunday evening. Yeah. So buckle up because we're not shying away from this stuff. Buckle up, buttercup. Um, uh, I just, this, this was far from my favorite season, but my God, it was such a palate cleanser and it made me excited to tune in again every week. Yeah. Being, being excited for an episode of Doctor Who is, is something I've not felt for a while. And, and as, as we record this, um, oh. we're waiting for resolution. Uh, this is the 30th yeah. of December we're recording this. Um, and resolution will obviously be out before, uh, this, this episode is. airs. But we haven't seen it, so we can't talk about it. Yeah, um, but we can at least talk about the really crappy edit trailer they put online this week. Have you seen it? No, I haven't, because I knew it was going to reveal something, and I wanted to go in fresh. Okay. Well, I won't say what it is, but it doesn't show anything. I mean, I know what it is, okay. but well, I just, if I don't admit it to myself, then it'll be a surprise when I see it. Fair enough. <laughs> it, 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 it reveals what the deadliest thing is with a voice clip over the title at the end of the trailer. But yeah. the voice clip's clearly lifted from like something that's not this episode. And it, it's weird. It's really, really weird. I, you know what, like, they'll have done that because they blinked. Yeah, they basically. Yeah, that's they, what's they, happened. They, well, some some bugger last week or a week before went to the BFI screening of it. Yeah, and of course at that they ask everyone, you know, don't share anything. Yeah, and people, as far as I can tell, in this case, didn't much like they, much like they've done yeah. for um, an earlier screening. They asked people nicely, and people didn't do it. They were like, "Fair enough." Um, but that uh, that one, a journalist leaked it. In this case, one fan attempted to by filming a bit of the Q and A 
and uploading uh. a bit of the Q&A to, I think it was, believe it or not, Gallifrey Base. I might be wrong. What? Um, that doesn't sound... And in that... Ch- <laughs> that doesn't Chibble sound right. ...names and briefly discusses the the threat of the story. So... The... the, 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 the uh... The item in question. Yeah, so... Dick Move, fan who filmed it. Dick Dick Move. But also, it'll be because... Even aside from that, it'll be because someone at marketing just lost their bottle. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we can't can't do this without teasing it a bit more explicitly. I kind of get that. I mean, the, the, the finale did have a mixed reception overall. And and I think, uh, I think you know, showing your hand a little and getting people excited. I I do get that. Yeah, I get like, it. Pl- I get play it. this up as the that was the final story of the season. Here's your sort of like finale for the year, as it were. Like play it up that way, and with a bit of hype. But you know, it's a shame that it had to be done that way. And and I doubt. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen it, but I doubt it's going to come anywhere near as close as um, Rosa. Uh, or, or Demon, no. Demons of the Punjab uh, in terms of effectiveness. Because um, they were great. And we just got some we got some great original threats and a few really fun baddies and a few really sort of bland baddies that highlighted how good our main cast were by letting Listen, them have the spotlight. We got the Pating and we got <laughs> Alan Cummings doing a silly voice. What more could you possibly want from Doctor Who? Kablam Mailman? Uh yeah, also that. <laughs> it was a it was an embarrassment of riches this year, I thought. Even though it it's not quite like series two tenant quality, but it's it's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. The man um, with the teeth in his face. And I'd lo- oh, I would love to say that um the next series is one of the most anticipated things about twenty nineteen, but it's not get coming out until twenty twenty. So I can't. Yeah. Um, darn it, BBC. You should have figured boo. that out sooner. One last TV show I wanted to mention um, before we move on to other things of 2018 uh, is uh, Big Mouth on Netflix. Yeah. I know you're, some people... You're, you're still going to have to sell me on this because I've dipped into I, episodes and I couldn't do it. But uh, I appreciate what it does. It is a balls out. Ha 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 ha. Um, exploration of puberty and the inherent silliness therein, and also the perils of navigating uh, sexuality and the social situations as a teenager and dealing with all the shit that gets thrown your way. It just happens to be that you're guided by um, monstrous personifications of hormone trouble and a depression and shame. Um, there is in the second season there is a character called the Shame Wizard, <laughs> which is um, a <laughs> a tattered old robed wizard, played voiced by David Thewlis, who uh, plays on your inner shames and uh, creates guilt. Um, it's it's weird. Wait, <laughs> it's wait, very wait. weird. David Thewlis is in this? David Thewlis is in the second season, God yeah. damn it, you're pulling me back. Uh, and he's brilliant. You're pulling me back for some Thewlis. Um, 
But I mean, it's jo- it's John Mulaney, it's uh, Nick Kroll, uh, Jenny Slate, it's Jesse Klein. It's a great, it's a great <laughs> cast. Anyway, uh, Jordan Peele, um, isn't it? Uh, you had me it's... at David Thewlis. <laughs> it's it's well worth uh, checking out. I, the humor is very close it, to I, the bone. It is very close <laughs> to the bone, and it can be crass, but it can also be very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's refreshing because it's so honest. It's a very honest show. It doesn't it doesn't try and paper things over. Um, and it doesn't shy away from things that you would be, um, that you wouldn't want to discuss with sort of, uh, people of the age that are in the show. You couldn't do this with live actors because you couldn't have children. And even though they'd be teenagers, they would, they would be children. You couldn't have them doing these things, but you get adults to voice it. And I think it helps people. It's it's funny because it resonates with stuff that you went through as a teenager, but I think it's also useful to help people who've gotten old enough that they've forgotten that, Mm. to remember that and have a bit more empathy for people who are going through that today. Um, So I think it is gross out and silly, but I think it's also important and sort of meaningful on another level. So yeah, check out Big Mouth. Give it a go. Please! Please watch it um, with your necks. <clears throat> Any more TV for you, Christoph? TV was not um, so much on my radar this year. I found myself going back and watching shows from, uh, you know, before this good decade. Yes, yes. And, and, and recouping and revisiting. But um, I'll tell you what did take up some of my tasty time. Mm-hmm. And that was the occasional spot of video games this year. Well, yes, that was that was what I was going to move on to next because, I, similar to me, I played a lot of old video games this year. <laughs> but I think there is there is one that you're going to talk about an awful lot, and that I sort of experienced vicariously through Kanisha. Yes, um, Persona and Five: is, Dancing in Starlight. Yes. Yes. Um, so it's um, a real time dancing game set of it's... course within the Megami Tensei <laughs> franchise. Um, but oh wait, oh no, not no, I haven't played. Nope, it. nope. Although I did, it's... although I did pick up Persona Five last week. Finally. Oh, excellent! I found it. Have to let me know that how that is. Uh, not second hand, sorry. I found it next to the um, the pre owned section in game, uh, without a pre owned sticker on it, for um, twenty four ninety nine. That's the cheapest I've ever seen it. It's probably more expensive pre-owned at game, to be fair. I imagine. But not only did I have a fiver on my points card that I had to spend, um, because I mentioned I was in the panto, he was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, he says, so you're not getting a lot of time for gaming then? I went, not really. It sort of calms me down in the bits in between. He went, right, okay. Oops, accidentally dropped my staff discount on you. Never mind, eh? That'll be £16. Oh, dear. Was like, oh, that was really sweet. So I got it for 16 quid. So I'm delighted. Why do I never have experiences like that in game? Because <laughs> I'm chatty with everyone at the till. Oh, I, just, I, I chat them God. either into submission or make them go, oh, that's cool. Oh, sod it. Here you go. To be fair, that is 90% of your social interactions. Um, you chatty sod. <laughs> yes. I don't know how you do it, Christopher. I don't know where you get the energy. Um, the soul Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man as well. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man for PS4. It's been a good year for Spider-Man. Spidey has been rocking with his cock out this um, year. And this game... Again, I haven't... 
personally played it, but I've seen an awful lot of it and heard so much good stuff about it um, that I kind of have to put it on this list. Also because I haven't really played anything else from 2018 yet. Also because <laughs> they made the smart-ass decision of dropping the Raimi Trilogy suit as a free download um, in the last two weeks. Yes. And it is glorious. It's one of the best looking ones. It, it, th- th- I think the main reason it's one of the best looking is it's the only one we have a physical comparison to, I suppose. Like in game, the suits you can wear, none of them have real world counterparts in terms of real life Whoa. props. I mean, the homecoming suit does, but the homecoming suit is a blend of a physical one and a CGI one. Yeah, so true. you look at it and you're like, yeah, it looks exactly like it does. <clears throat> Um, the homecoming homemade suit, fair enough, but you know no one's preferring that one per se. Um, the Stark suit, again, you look at that and you go, yeah, that's CGI. Yeah. Um, the Raimi suit, you look at and you go, oh god, this looks like that real thing that I saw in three films, and it looks phenomenal. It, I, I'm Matt. It's oh my god, it's changed the vibe for me weirdly, and I think it did for a lot of people. Because suddenly you feel like you feel like you're reconnecting to a, a, an era that we all enjoyed, but has gone now. It's like slipping into an old pair of shoes. And of course, like what's the biggest about of, of journal lazy journalistic comparisons that were made in relation to this game? It's the best one since Spider Man Two. There have been plenty of good Spider Man games, guys. But yes, this d- oh, let me tell you what isn't good though. I found the PSP. Well, my dad found the PSP version of Spider Man Two in a charity shop. Last week. Oh god, they converted it to PSP. That's not a good version of that game. I can imagine not. My god. I'll show it you sometime. Well, but anyway, do. carry I on. Spider Man friend or foe for the PSP. That was the easiest way to play it because it was the most condensed and kept it away from my television, the filth. Um, <laughs> but this this does feel like you're suddenly playing a new game in that series. It's do you know what I mean? It it changes it yeah. a lot and it's God, especially on sunset settings, that go- that golden orange hue. Once you go into photo mode with that suit, when the sky is orange, oh, my God, it's like looking at the film posters. It's insane. It just pops. Um, I, I, as of this recording, um, in the last sort of um, hour of the final DLC. Oh the yes, DLCs have been an absolute delight as well. Um, focusing on a mix of inspirations but specifically like mafia based takeover stuff like yeah. if, the, if you know if the inner demons uh, or the demons as I believe they were just called in the main campaign um, you know kept the 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 gangland takeover on a on a super powered bent this DLC definitely dips into that but they've gone classic so without giving too much away uh, the chapters focus um, on black cat uh, and Silver Sable and Yuri Watanabe, but your main antagonist is Hammerhead. Excellent. And he's handled so well. And again, without giving too much away, they dip into the Silver Mane kind of oh, story Jesus. Arc for Hammerhead. And it works. That's a deep pull. Yeah, they've not quite got to um, Little Buggy with Caterpillar tracks yet, but. Like oh, please they, they've do. gone in that direction and it, it does work. I was a bit like, oh, not him. Like, what makes him really fun is how classic and old school he is. 
but the way he's written and performed and his motivations, you go, all right, fair enough. All right. You start augmenting him. Let's see where this goes. I like your style, video game. I like your style, Ken. And a really, really cool like continuation of the relationships between um, MJ and Miles over the phone in the DLCs. Like Their stories develop and it's, oh my God, it's just... So much fun. I, I do find myself... On Christmas Day, um, we took the PS4 to the digs we were staying at. Um, after a very long kerfuffle. We spent ages trying to get in touch with the lady around the flats we were staying at for Christmas. Saying, just checking, um, does your does the TV in the flat have a SCART plug? SCART lead uh, adapter? It's a modern telly. Yeah, does it have a SCART lead adapter? It's a modern telly. Why do you need a Scott lead adapter? Because we were taking the little cheap DVD player from the bedroom back home. Uh, yes. So like, do you, do you have a Scott lead adapter? Um, if not, once you didn't reply, we were like, right. Well, do you have do you have the um, AV cable ports, the three cable ports? Because of course, what we do then is we take a Scott lead with cable ports instead. <coughs> yes. Um, it's a modern telly, and you could tell she was getting frustrated. It's like, oh, for God's sake. So Lucy brought the cheap little DVD player. And she goes to the flat to do it while I'm doing a performance. And I read a text saying, yeah, it's got neither of those in it. I was like, oh, Just God. HDMI. I said, yeah, which, I said, does, you know. it have a, does it have a DVD player installed? Like a lot of mini, mini modern tellies just have one in them now. Yeah, yeah, like, they do. Nope. Like, great. Great. So for, so for the flats, she's obviously... You know, ordered a, a bundle of modern tellies, probably you know for for a, a slight discount to get them all together, like little um, little twenty inches, and <coughs> yeah, and be still posi- might be positioned too up in on the wall <clears throat> at the far end of the room from the couch. It's like you're insane, mate, <laughs> mate. The, 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 the layout of these flats, the feng shui was. Making me sick. Like I, I the moment oh, I got so in there, sorry, I was like, "Can you give me five minutes?" And Lucy was like, "Why?" I said, "Just give me five minutes." I was moving the couches around and stuff. I was like, "I just this layout makes no sense." There's a couch facing a wall. <laughs> the dining room table, like the dining table, is in between the TV and an armchair. Like, what's going on? Like, what the hell is going on in this room? But it meant that it meant that after we after we went to the theatre, we'd lugged the last case from the theatre to the flats up Steep Hill in Lincoln. If you've ever if you've ever visited Lincoln, gentle listener, mm-hmm. Steep Hill is that road that commits um, that forces your thighs to commit Harry Carry. It's 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 not a it, it's earned that name. Yeah, and this flat was at the very top of Steep Hill, so we're lugging a giant case up. And Lucy's saying, well, what are we going to do about films then? Because we're not going to be able to, you know, watch the films we brought. We're going to reenact them to each other, Lucy. <laughs> well, no, this is, this is like half nine at night. And I'm like, right, let's just get to the flat. We got there. We dumped the bag in. She started to take her shoes off and I went, I'm going back down. She went, what do you mean? I was like, I'm going to my digs because my digs are at the polar opposite end of Steep Hill. I was like, I'm going to go get my stuff. Uh... She went, you can't do that now. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go now. While I'm awake and I've got the energy, I've just done, I've just done a three-show day, but I've got the energy and I'm awake. I'm going to go and do this now. It needs to be done. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, I'm coming with you." Then I don't want you walking around this town on your own. I was like, "All right, fair enough." So thus began a 25-minute journey back down. Jesus, tonight. as I gathered up the PS4, bundled it, 
and then walked all the way back. You're um, a madman. Ma- You're an actual madman. Madman, but it was worth it because it meant Christmas Day we got Muppets, um, Gremlins, and um, League of Gentlemen are behind you in the evening. Whilst, dr- uh, whilst were, drunk, were they sleeping. behind you? Uh, yeah, well, they may as well have been if the couch had been left where it fucking was. Um, and then, um, what do you call it, in the gaps in between where we were both dozy and whatnot, Lucy played one of her Christmas presents, which was Spyro, and uh, I played some Spider-Man. So Spider-Man came with me for Christmas. Uh, that's how much I love the game. Even in the gaps on the day where it was the first day seeing my wife in ages, I was playing Spider-Man. So You are... Jack and you're a, you're a, you're dedicated, Christopher. I'll give you that. You're dedicated. Well, that's what this game did to me because it's definitely one of the best of 2018. <laughs> Big releases yeah, this really, year I'd... as well. Uh, God of War came out. <clears throat> yes, uh, Kanisha's currently playing through God of War. Oh, nice. Um, it's, it looks. It looks the shit, mate. Are you running around the house yelling "boy" at your cats? Or... Boy. <laughs> oh, and if not, man, why not? It's so good. Yeah, it's 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 a gorgeous looking game. Again, and that's, again I... in, the game, in the game, sort of like December pricing, that's been knocked down to twenty five quid. So I'm so tempted. I'm I'm just. I wish I could break out of my sort of rigid. Uh, structure of how I like to approach series because I have to finish God of War 2 and 3 before I play God of War. Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, I don't know. It's enough of a reboot. I'm sure you can treat yourself and, and then go back to the others as like a, a retrospective. I could do that. Aye. But then I, I could also finish God of War 2 and 3. I mean, I don't want to freak you out or anything, but I played Uncharted, Uncharted 4 and Uncharted 2. And I've yet to play number three. You monster. Well, some, no, sometimes going back to different control schemes means the gaps kind of help. Yeah. You don't you don't go in thinking you're knowing what you're doing. I, I think for, for, for me, it's just been that I have been doing so much backlogging this year that I've just, I'm sticking to the PS3. <laughs> and I want to get as much stuff cleared off that as possible before I dive into more PS4 stuff. Baby. Um... What else did you play on the PS4 this year, you handsome swine? All I played was Warframe. <laughs> Which is not a 2018 game, but it had some... Its community's um, definitely grown in 2018. Its community's definitely grown in 2018, and it has had some really, really cool content updates in 2018. Because I picked it back up uh, in summer, and I've been playing it pretty much every day since then. Even if only briefly. Um... And they've added a whole new open world area on Venus, which is a cyberpunk 80s flavoured uh, ice area with um, indentured workers who have mandatory cybernetic upgrades and you can ride around on a hoverboard and there are giant robot spiders and you can catch mechanical fish. Yeah. Um, what more do you want? Um, I think you might had a couple sense. of... Had a couple of story chapter updates, so they are clearly building towards a sort of cataclysmic war that's upcoming with the... And some of your former allies have betrayed you in a very meaningful way. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's just one of those games that continues to get better and better and better every every content update. And 
it's t- this year has been a particularly good year for it. And if you've got anything that can play it, which is pretty much everything at this point, it's out on Switch, it's out on PS4, it's out on Xbox One, and it was, of course, it's out on PC because that's where it started. Then just it's free. Just get it, get it, and get on it. Get it now. It's good. Get it now. Ninjas play for free. Um, it's true. Oh, it's true. God. You too can be a space ninja. Um, one last thing I want to highlight from 2018 before we get into what we're looking forward to next year. Um, I didn't read a lot of new comics in 2018. Uh, I, I started a couple of series and fell off them. Uh, but one that I did read, which I'm still behind on, but it stuck with me in a way that didn't, was uh, The Immortal Hulk which is new ongoing by Al Ewing, and I forget the artist's name. I'm going to look it up quickly while I'm speaking. Um, I do love and Al it's, Ewing. Uh, I fell in love with Al Ewing's yes. work on uh, 11th Doctor. For Titan. And it's, it is a refresh of the Bruce Banner Hulk who was uh, recently killed in uh, Civil War 2. Um, electric Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo. <clears throat> So it sort of reimagined uh, Joe Bennett's the artist uh, for the first issue anyway. Um, is that the Hulk is immortal? Banner's not, but the Hulk is. So when Banner dies, the Hulk rises at night. Going back to the old school rules of the uh, oh of yeah the mutation. <clears throat> it is very much going back to the original Lee and Kirby stuff and sort of pulling inspiration from that um to the point where the 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 subtitle of the first arc is or is he both because it's the is he man is he monster yeah um and yeah so and then the next morning banner is alive again because the hulk has risen and leaves him uh leaves him when the daylight comes so he becomes this sort of avenging angel um and just wants to be left alone but people keep coming after him so he has to keep going hulky um but it's yeah it, it, this sort of more intelligent unkillable uh angry monster that rises when you kill banner is and it's just been it's been a really neat twist on the concept and just uh, giving one of those mainstream titles a horror bent yeah has been really really neat and it's worth checking out uh, of all the of all the stuff that came out this year that's the one that stuck with me the most um so that's 2018 in uh, just under an hour very quickly chris cuz i know we both need to go and rest our voices you more than me what are you looking forward to in 2019 a lie down Hey! Yeah, da, 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 da. Hey! Quince. Um, no, not Quince. Um, good question. Uh, <coughs> uh, do you want to know one thing? Yes. The Resident Evil 2 remake. Yes! Now, Resi 2 is, to this day, the one Resident Evil game I've played. It is the one I am fond of. It is the one who spooked me out so much. Just the sight of the spine on the shelf in my bedroom at my dad's made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and that's the spine. Nice. That's the spine. That's a black PlayStation 1 spine with white text on it. It's not even that scary. But seeing the words Resident Evil 2 made me go, nope. 
So Resident Evil. So to to tackle Two. that again, um, uh, inglorious, built from the ground up, high definition, um, with an altered playstyle. I'm very excited to do that. I'm I, mostly for the challenge of diving back into it. Yeah. Um. I mean, by all accounts, the Resi One remake was was very very good. Um. And as far as and, horror games go. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's only the second most terrifying thing coming out in January. Oh, okay. Yeah, because let's face it, Kingdom Hearts three is uh, <laughs> is the most terrifying thing to yeah. be getting released this year. Um, yeah, right. Which I am. I've, I've got to admit, for all of my reluctance and <clears throat> sort of leaning more toward uh, an actual negative opinion ambivalence that we've discussed recently. <laughs> I, I am intrigued ultimately by Kingdom Hearts 3 regardless of if it's me playing it or me reading the reviews finally um, so yeah. I hope it proves us yeah. wrong and it, and it turns out to be a fun accessible not too complicated um, action RPG we'll see yeah we shall we shall see, we'll see. I mean it's going to disappear up its own ass plot wise but hey it might still be fun to play um. Yeah. Well, are there any other games out next year? That I, uh, I'm not when Death Stranding's out. Death Stranding yeah. is, is fascinating, but I don't know if that's going to be out next year. That might be a 2020 game. The chances are it'll be a sort of a swan song for the current gen of consoles because I think we're all sort of expecting new consoles in 2020. Yeah, I mean, 2020 2021 was the release of the PS4 and the Xbox One. Yeah. So, you know, like they they do <clears> tend to live. Uh, nowadays, on a uh, five to six year cycle, yeah, because um, the PS3 was two thousand seven. PS2 was two thousand two. PS2 was two thousand one, two thousand two. PS3 was two thousand seven. Um, yeah, and then two thousand twelve was the announcement. Two thousand thirteen, the release of the PS4 and Xbox One. So, yeah, no, the PS2 was two thousand. The two thousand. Oh, yeah, right. <clears throat> Um, yeah, around seven years is what you're looking at for a, for a console. Oh, madam. Well, uh, um, a couple more games that like definitely will hopefully win us over long before the announcement of a change. Um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about Toe Jam and Earl back in the groove. <laughs> I've never played a Toe Jam and Earl. I, I did. Um, I did at some point. I remember thinking this is mental. I was way young, but. The notion that they've gone, oh yeah, this is a franchise we want to bring back, has me intrigued because they've either got a point, yeah, they've either got a point and it's a crash thing, yeah, or they haven't got a point and it's a bubsy thing. Um, uh, speaking oh. speaking of crash, the game I, oh my god, the game I am most excited about this year is a game that I shouldn't be excited about because I play it all the time. <laughs> but it's a remake and it will have online play and I can't wait to finally get out my big freaking um nitro cart dick and, and swing <laughs> it around and see if you it can't and, do that see, it's not allowed it's against the terms of well, service I want to see if this 20 years of constant play has put me into the like god tier status for this game nope but Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled comes out in June and I still argue it's the greatest kart racing game ever made. Okay. Novelty kart racing game ever made. Yes, Mario Kart, you can suck it. Um, yeah! <laughs> you may have kicked it <clears throat> off, but Crash Team Racing perfected it. Uh, and 
So mm. much so that it's one or two follow-ups were nowhere near as good because it tried to expand a little too much. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a simple game right. where the weapons require skill to deploy. Like the simple game timing. for simple people. How dare you? I mean, you're correct. <laughs> but yeah. um, and there's a few of the games I'm intrigued by. There's a Battletoads game coming out this year. Oh, which is no. interesting. No, um, thank you. Have you seen anything about Digimon Survive? Um, if it's anything like Metal Gear Survive, it can fuck right off. Oh no, off. no, no! Uh, it's it's a it's a tactical RPG. So I'm a little curious about that one because I do like well, I do like to be love... some Digimon in a way. <clears throat> I love a bit of tactical RPGs as well. For those on the Switch and the Xbox, a bunch of Final Fantasies are about to come out. Yes. Um, like a whole um, ch- a, a number a seven, nine, the ten, and the ten two HD remasters are getting a release outside of PS4, um, and twelve the Zodiac Age, as well as um, Brave Exvius and uh, the Crystal Chronicles remastered are all coming out um, on uh, Switch, Xbox, and uh, Android respectively. I'm going to be interested to see how Crystal Chronicles uh, translates because that was a GameCube game originally, and the idea was it was multiplayer focused with each player having a Game Boy Advance as a controller. Yeah. So I'm going to be interested to see how that works um, on on modern consoles. Um, Fortnite Save the World, which I believe is part of their expansion of Fortnite with like level building and stuff. That's on its Save way. Save the World is the um, that's the like the single player co-op slash, slash co-op uh, aspect of Fortnite, which was which it was originally launched with. Yeah, which is sort of like the survival against zombies thing with building. Uh, that kind of got swept to the wayside when Battle Royale came out. Yeah, so they're they're, um, they're going back on it hard and in a we've got you now. Let's see who gets involved, kind of way. Yeah, yeah, because it, it, when it originally came out, in because it's in early access, that's why it's listed as a as a as a release for next year. Yeah. Um. So I'd be interested to see if any of that audience comes along. We shall see if they can include a first person, a first person, uh, a single player campaign at some point. Even if it's a short, like four hour one or whatever, I encourage them to do so because this year with God of War and Spider Man and a bunch of others, uh, get like the industry has proved that that genre is profitable. Even though um, big publishers keep saying that single player games are dead, no, they're just saying that because they want us to believe that so they can keep churning out um, paper games paper as play, services, loot box games yeah. as services, yeah. All those triple-A developers. Triple-A. Well, speaking of, Thanks, an, another um, third-person shooter coming up, which is a story, uh, story-led story but with an online play. Uh, Xbox fans rejoice. Gears of War is back with Gears 5. Mm. Uh, which I'm intrigued by simply from the new protagonist. Um, which would be nice. Not just burly, you know, gruff dude. I mean that was in four though. It was, you, you're playing the son of burly gruff dude, so who you know. is a slightly less burly but still gruff dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luigi's Mansion Three is coming out, <laughs> and it's for the Nintendo Switch. Yes, um, yes, it another is. Another reason for me to possibly get a Switch. Um, on top of that, Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three is finally coming out. 
Yes, um, but for the Switch, the Black Order. And it looks very much like it's not at all a sequel or a follow-on to Ultimate Alliance Two. It's just using hey. the name. <laughs> what are you gonna do? It's just using the name, but it is also starring. That's all right, isn't Proxima it? Proxima Midnight and her ilk. So yes. there's that. Um, what else? Could... Oh, the Medieval remake. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. The gameplay trailer made me go. I don't know how I feel about The gameplay trailer that. made me go. Oh, so it's still just the same sort of boring environment hack slash. But then again, that could be that they're just showing us the same sort of two levels. So, I'm I'm waiting for more, but you know, I'm intrigued. Um, I mean, it, it's it's medieval. At the end of the day, is is medieval something that people are? Um, no. really hankering for no. more medieval. No, but then they see um, what's his face? Uh, I can't really remember what he's called now. Um, Dan, Dan Fortescue? Da- Daniel Fortescue. They see Daniel yeah. Fortescue and they go, oh, I remember. Um, uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. It does come from that genre um, boost of PS1 games where everything was just a slightly quirky, slightly gothic, punky kind of vibe to the release. So, yeah. I, as long as they, you know, as long as they try something new with it, maybe in the level design or or the, the, the wraparound story, like, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. Not as much as I am by Yakuza 5. Which is getting a PS4. Oh no, Yakuza 5's already. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's getting it's, a PS4. Um, is it a re-release. remaster, a re-release? Um, yeah. This is a series that interests me, not just because I've been watching you play it recently, but not, not just because I've got a couple of them on my PS3, but it's a ser- I've never known a series so boldly release out of order in the West. Do you know what I mean? Or, or release it, it is... remasters and stuff like in random orders and still have such a massive following. So the fact that they're dropping this version of 5 in the first half of this year, I, I, I can't wait to see where these guys go. Because what was the, what was the game? They re, what was the game they they did a sequel to this year that wasn't their um, baby, but they they recently redid it. Um, Jim Sterling covered it in uh, Oh, Fist of the North Star. Fist of the North Star. That's the one. They just made Yakuza, but with Fist of the North Star. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that ain't no bad uh, thing. And, and if, let me if, tell you about <laughs> Yakuza, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yakuza is a series in which. You beat up dudes on the streets and then go to karaoke bars and sing karaoke and then you can go bowling and get a date with a hostess and then you can go and dress up hostesses at the hostess club you run and then you beat up more dudes on the street and then suddenly you're breaking out of prison (laughs) and it's very serious. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I can see why people like them, and yeah, I'm playing four at the moment. I've got the PS3 version of five, um, so I am looking forward to cracking into that at some point as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm probably not going to get the remaster. And I've got Kwame on PS4, so ah, nice. Um, we shall see. And let us not forget the three big video game movie releases of next year, and whether or not we're looking forward to them. Um, uh oh, Dynasty Warriors, which has been in development for. God knows how long. That's not coming out. No, well, it's a Hong Kong film, so we may not get a release. Oh, okay. Of it, but, um, All right, fine. Yeah, 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 sure. We'll see. 
sure, sure, Detective sure. Pikachu, which I'm still yes. Uh, and of course, the magnum opus that is November's Sonic the Hedgehog. I can't wait with his. I can't wait creepy, to see that legs. fucking train wreck. Jim Carrey's in that movie. Yeah, Chris. Yes, he is. Jim Carrey is Doctor Robotnik. I mean, <laughs> if you if you want to see the human personification of reactions to the existence of that film. Specifically, a, a, a reaction from an elderly gentleman who doesn't get Sonic to begin with. I mean, who does? Watch the Larry King interview recently with Ben Schwartz, who's vo- is voicing <laughs> Sonic in the film. It's wonderful. He's trying to explain what Sonic the Hedgehog is to Larry King. And you can he, tell that they just... both don't want to have this conversation. He just runs real fast. Um, Gotta go fast. So, yeah. Other movies, other movies that next run, year, Barry, uh, run. we're getting Captain Marvel. Yes, we flipping well are. We're getting Avengers Endgame, which definitely come as a set. <laughs> we're very excited about both of them. Um, we are, I am very excited about Star Wars Episode Nine, which is out in December. Yeah. Um, I'm also looking forward to Jordan Peele's Us. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, we're getting another Spider-Man. We're getting Spider-Man Far From Home next year. Um, I don't know how that's going to work with how he was left at Infinity War, but, oh, of course, I know it'll be fine. <laughs> um, they'll work something out. I know what's going to happen. Don't be silly. Uh, what else have we got next? Um, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for Saw. Um, I, I, I have an affinity for that series. We're getting another Saw next no, year? No, but we're getting a spiritual successor. In oh the form God. of January horror film. That's right, the month where horror films go to die. Uh, Escape Room. Oh yeah, I keep I've seen I keep seeing the poster for this. I've not watched the trailer yet. Yeah, though. the the film which takes the concept of that new popular um, weekend activity that groups of mates go on and turns it into a horror film. Yeah, um, I can't deny I'm excited by the schlocky premise. Also by the fact that Deborah Ann Waller's in it, so yay. Okay, um, yeah, cool. You know, that's that sold me a ticket because she's lovely. Um, uh, she does always look like she's on the verge of tears, though. She does, even when happy. Even when happy, she's just like she's gonna, about to start crying. <laughs> um, a um, film's coming out uh, next month as well, a, big, a drama a thriller film called Serenity, starring Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. I'm not excited for the film per se, but I am excited for the series of tweets that are going to come out from brown coats who are confused that it's not a re-release of uh, the Joss Whedon movie. So... Also reuniting Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway from Interstellar. Yeah, yeah. Murph didn't. F- Is Murph it an Interstellar sequel? Him. Murph didn't forget him. <laughs> kid who would be king. The kid who would be king comes out. Oh yeah, that completely well. passed me by. But then and then all of a sudden the trailers everywhere. I'm like, this looks like it could be fun for kids. I mean, it's Joe Cornish's follow up. Um, after Attack the Block, and I, I am down for it. Like he, he, we've not seen a film from him since Attack the Block, simply because he's been tied into other things, helping with Tintin, working on what was Ant Man before it changed. Like Stormballs yeah. has been busy, and um, now we finally get to see the fruits of his solo labor <laughs> once more, and the fruits of his labor. It's complete with uh, a tatty-looking um, Patrick Stewart for the majority of the movie. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, doubling up uh, with fun. Angus Imry, both of them playing the same playing the same part of Merlin. Um, yeah. But also, I've I, I'm ch- I'm double checking here, my sources on Wiki, and it doesn't appear to show anything. However, I have seen it confirmed elsewhere that Adam Buxton is in this one. What? So um, Adam and Joe, what? yeah, are involved together once more. Oh, excellent! He wasn't in Attack the. I think his voice was on something in Attack the Block, wasn't it? It was yeah. on like a radio, and uh, yeah, but it was like it was like an archive because there was that whole thing in that year of Adam and Joe podcasts that his involvement was going to the premiere of Attack the Block, and and the listeners picked his outfit and everything. <coughs> so, um, That's neat. The Lego Movie Two, the second part, is out in February. Yeah. Um, down for that. I would like to see another trailer. I do feel like mm. it's being like held back quite a bit, weirdly. I don't know. In a way that's well, I mean, I mean... slightly. <coughs> really? Oh, excuse me. No, I shall not. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's me. Jesus, Christopher. It's me, Demon Christopher. Um, what are you bringing up there? Is that like one of your lungs? One of the dwarves. I got hungry. Oh, God. <coughs> you know, three show days, they're busy. They get stuck in your teeth. They do. They draw. Um, not just Lego Movie. Finally, the release of Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, not sure about that one. See, I was like that. And the more I've seen, the more I'm intrigued. And then last second, I only realised during watching the trailer like the other day that it's, yes. it's a Robert Rodriguez movie. Yes. So, this is Spy Kids, but with actual punching. Yeah. By which I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be Bloody Alan Cumming with an army of thumb minions, but I mean, it's, 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 it's Spy Kids in that those, his, those were his what films is? where he went elaborate and big on the CGI and, you know, he was playing in a green screen environment. And there's good ideas, but they're terrible movies. Um <laughs> whereas in this case we might say what you really mean Chris <laughs> whereas in this case we might finally get um, to see like the potential of that with his adult film um, sensibility head screwed on yeah. I know it's not strictly it's not an art or it's a PG-13 but there's definitely a grungy sort of creepy vibe to the trailers so I do hope that that pays off and, and surprises us I'd like it to surprise us that'd be nice yeah yeah, that would be nice. Uh, what else? How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Yeah, I didn't see the second one, but I like the first one quite a lot. Visually looking gorgeous. And looking hot. Hope, hopefully we'll keep the uh, the momentum of animated films getting some yes. respect um, going, which would be nice. Uh, we mentioned it before, Jordan Peele's Us is coming out. Yeah. Starring Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke. Yeah, um, looks great. That alone has sold me a ticket. Never mind the trailer. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm excited for this, but I am morbidly curious. Uh-oh. And that's Dumbo. Ooh. I'm not interested in any of the Disney live. Michael Keaton's remakes. the villain. It's a Tim Burton movie. The majority of his scenes are with Danny DeVito in a top hat. Uh, I'm intrigued. No, I'm intrigued. No, nope, sorry. If it was twenty years ago, maybe, but not now. Well, Keaton playing a villain. Come on. 
Come no. on. No. All right, what about Pet Don't Cemetery? Care. Are you excited for that? Yes. Yeah, you are. Even though sometimes... That is better. <laughs> oh, I'm, I would like John Lithgow to be doing a sillier accent, but hey, what are you going to do? It still looks good. It does look interesting. As does Shazam, DC's first effort of next year. Oh, yeah. Only effort of next year, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Wonder Woman 84 is 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. Odd, but the reason they gave for that was apparently originally it was going to be November of this year, of, of 2019. Yeah. And then their um, change in schedule, the description was, I think, with the statement from Patty Jenkins to sort of soften the blow, was it belongs in the summer. Like it's a summer movie. And we don't want to rush yeah. it for this summer. It's like, huh. <laughs> it's also Warner Brothers have looked at the slate and realised, oh shit, we don't have a big summer movie. In 2020, let's, uh, yeah, let's get uh, Wonder Woman out there. Yeah, come on, guys. Uh. Um, but yeah, whatever. As long as it's coming out in 2020, I'm happy about it. As long as we get Shazam this year, I'm delayed. Yeah, whatever. Very confused. Hellboy, I am intrigued. Yeah, trailer for that came out. I don't know if I'm excited, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. It, I, I don't think we've discussed this yet, but um, those prosthetics look stiff as balls. Yeah, maybe the shots we've seen, which is a shame. Um, I hope that Arbor is able to act through them because, oh my God, um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I read a tweet uh, as well the other day suggesting that the main reason this film and a few others, their principal action takes place in London. Because it was cheaper with, to film yeah, there? might have to do with recent big tax breaks in filming. Yeah, it will be. Guess, it and will guess be. why they've come around? Let's not get political. But, uh... No. Yeah. Mm, uh, oh, hard, soft. Boost the British joke, economy. Yeah. There's a great joke on um, Frankie Boyle's New World Order, um, the NDA special. I can't remember her name. There's a comedian on it. She made a wonderful joke. She said, um, Brexit at this point, seeing news about Brexit is like... Um, being harassed constantly by a flasher. I don't care. No, I don't God. care whether it's hard or soft. I just want you to fuck off. <laughs> good. Right, that's good. Um, good. Do you know what else could Very be good. great? What? The Curse of La Llorona. A uh, horror film sneaking out in April from Warner Brothers and New Line. Uh, it's set within the Conjuring universe, but isn't being dubbed as one of the Conjuring movies. The darkest chapter. Yeah, the uh, the connecting tissue is a priest character from the nun uh, is in this movie. Hmm, so interesting. They they are moving. I think they've realised that everyone's sick of seeing from the same universe as the country. Yeah. I think they've realised it's better if we do this more subtly. Um, yeah. Which is the best way to do it, really? So I I'm interested to see um, how that goes because Yayarona. Is a pretty freaking terrifying uh, bit of folklore, so it'll be nice to see it adapted into a mainstream horror movie. Interesting. Avengers Endgame we've touched on. Yes, um, and I'm gonna touch it all up. Sunshine, Sunny Jim. What? Which is followed very closely two weeks later, in fact, by Detective Pikachu. Oh man, it's gonna be a hell of a summer. I am so there for Detective Pikachu. My God, I say a hell of a summer. This is all in April. Like this is this is spring. Oh yeah. Oh, as, as April turns summer nonsense. As April turns to May, we're getting treats. We're getting treats, son. John Wick Three, Parabellum. Oh, oh okay. 
Yeah, all right. Oh my all god! All right, I'm down for some more John Wick. Keanu Reeves, it's Halle pretty, Berry, yeah, Ian McShane, yeah. Ruby Rose, yeah. Common, yeah. Lance Reddick, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. don't call him Larry, Hiroyuki yeah. Sonada, yeah. Jason Mantzoukas, and yeah. Angelica Houston. Yeah. yeah. What a yeah. cast, my God. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Gagging for that. Eagerly. So down for more John Wick. Um Aladdin again, morbidly curious. Don't want it to exist. Don't. But I'm, I'm intrigued. Don't care. Let's be honest. We're all going to see it because sexy Jafar. Don't. Um, don't care. Don't care about Aladdin. Have you seen a picture of Jafar? Uh, no, I don't think I have. I've seen a picture every, of Gina. You'll question everything about your internals. Um, um I don't know. sexy Jafar. Um, I'm pretty solid on my internals. Uh, well, wait till you've seen sexy Jafar. Um, oh, okay. Vincent D'Onofrio's directorial debut, The Kid, is coming out in May as well. Oh. Um, starring Chris Pratt, Ethan Hawke, and Dane DeHaan. Um, okay. So I'm intrigued by that one. That's a Western. Um, okay. Yes. Um, I had a good Western for a while. Love a good Western, especially one directed by the Kingpin. Um, hey! Godzilla, King of Monsters, comes out in May. Oh, mate! I, I can't wait. King of Monsters, Godjiro, here he is. It looks... It just looks ridiculous. Mm. Mothra fam. Mothra. I don't know how there's going to be any Earth left standing at the end of this film. I don't know how we're all going to feel after this movie uh, when they inevitably release it in a box set with the first one because I have a feeling they're two very different beasts. Oh shit! Yeah, it's almost Too it's right. almost easy to forget this is a sequel to the 2014 movie. Yeah, that was way more restrained. They're not even they're not even bothering with that in this. It's just all monsters all the time. Yeah, Mothra, Rodan, King Ghidorah is in this one. Yep. Uh, what with else? His three bloody heads. Um, Some other shit whose names I don't know. Uh, again, a film for the morbidly curious. Dark Phoenix has a June release scheduled now. Nah. I'll be surprised when it comes Do out. Do we go to witness the death of the Fox X-Men universe? Oh, it's already dead. It's been dying for years. Do you know what else? It's Do you know what else is what? already dead to me? What? Same month, Child's Play. The fucker. Uh... Ugh. 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 I don't know, it might be alright. I mean, your cast's nice, you know, Aubrey Plaza, but I'm just... No. It might be alright. I don't give a shit about Buddy. I don't care who he thinks he is. I'm not... Oh, God. He's Buddy! Ugh. Oh, honestly. Especially when the series is still continuing to this day. It's like, no. Leave it alone, you bastards. They can't. They can't help just it. Like, they cannot help themselves. Just like Toy Story 4, which comes out on the same day. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Oh, that God. Could, that could go either way. Oh, God. And do you know what else is coming out on the same day? What? Grudge. Which is a remake of The oh, Grudge. Oh, no. Oh, no. Why? That's the second. They had to go back to that second, well, I guess. The second remake, the second Western one. Oh god! Is it is it a ring style situation where it's like a like a modern update of it? Uh, from what I can tell, no remake, remake. 
Okay. They're describing it as a franchise reboot, but it is a remake of the original film. Uh, well, I mean, that that kind of does fit the definition of franchise reboot. Do you know what is a good franchise reboot based on the trailer? What's that? Men in Black International. I mean, yeah. It's definitely a soft reboot, but it looks pretty fun. It looks freaking awesome, simply because it's yeah. Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth in suits. It's the most, met- yeah. it's the most metrosexual, <laughs> bi-friendly, sci-fi <laughs> action film on, on the horizon. I am down to clown for that. I am down for it. I mean, it, Liam yeah. Neeson's the head of the UK branch of MIB. Yeah, he has a set. Of, he has a particular set of skills. He does, and they involve a neuralizer now. Yeah, my God. Yeah, I'm down for it. I'm down for that. Now this is interesting. There's an untitled Annabelle film scheduled for that month as well. Yeah. The reason why this it's is not that interesting, though, is it, why Chris? This is interesting. Yeah. Is Ed Warren and Lorraine Warren, so Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are in it. Are they about to finally close this cash grab loop and call it a day? Hopefully. Or is it a follow-up? That'd be interesting to me. If it was a Conjuring 2 sequel, I'd be more intrigued. What, like a Conjuring 3? Yes, but an Annabelle movie. Because then, you again, you're not hammering it to death. You're closing the loop. Um, but Patrick Wilson in more yeah. things is always just worth it. As is Spider-Man yeah. Far From Home, which comes out two days later. Um, okay, yeah. Do you know what I learned the other day, which I didn't realise? Um, your 12 times table? No. Mysterio's not the main villain of Far From no, Home. No, he isn't. In fact, Vulture's in it as well. And he's not the main oh. villain. He's part of it. Do you know who the main, what the main antagonistic threat is in Spider-Man Far From Home? Um, Brexit. No. <laughs> Though it does take place in Europe. But no. The Elementals. Okay. Like, okay. Spider-Man Rogues Gallery, be damned. We're doing the freaking weird, like, extra-dimensional crystallized humanoid things interesting hydron magnum hellfire and zephyr interesting yeah yeah and apparently quentin beck slash mysterio is an expert on the elementals who's recruited by nick fury to help spider-man fight them Hmm. Now, I'm kind of hoping, I think I'm hoping what you're hoping, which is that there is some Mysterio-level chicanery going on here. That, yeah. But all the same... Yeah, that would make sense. All the same, I am intrigued by the notion of a Spider-Man movie where Spider-Man, Mysterio, and possibly the Vulture fight the Elementals. I mean, it's definitely something we've not seen before. Also, John Favreau... Um, Kobe Smulders and Samuel L. Jackson are confirmed to be appearing as their MCU counterparts. Yeah, boy. And Henke Madeira has been cast as Peter's new classmate. Oh, sorry, no. Um, and Jury Rice has been cast as uh, Pete. No, wait, no. I'm getting my names confused. No, yep, yeah, that's right. Which one's the character? Which one's the actor? And Jury Rice has been cast. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, and Jury's uh, the young actor from uh, These Final Hours and The Nice Guys. Okay. The from the nice okay. Guys, has been cast as Peter's new classmate, Betty Brandt. 
Uh, so they're bringing some bugle characters into the story. Wait, wasn't Betty Brant the girl in the in the uh, n- class news show in the first one? She may as may as well have been. Oh, she's returning to that role. Oh yeah, she played her in the first one. Ah, but she's uh, she's been confirmed as being in it. So whether that means an expanded role or not, I don't know. But if it means journalism, it could mean bugle. And if it means bugle, it could mean they've finally grown enough stones to even <laughs> to consider a J. Jonah Jameson. It's never going to happen. Cast Brian Cranston, we'll all be happy. Um, nope. Also, J.B. Smooth's in the movie, which I'm intrigued about, because I love me some J.B. Smooth. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I don't know who he's playing, I like it rough. isn't it? <laughs> I like it rough, personally. Dirty bastard. Um... Hey, hey, anything else? Hey, Matt. Yes. Do you want to watch a Lion yes. King movie? Nope. You sure? Yeah. I could just lend you my DVD of The Lion King <laughs> instead of going to see the live action unquote movie. However, John Favreau directed. There must be something in it. Maybe money, Christopher. Um, that I don't made him care. want to do it. But we'll I do not care. Also, in July, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is the Tarantino. Um, yeah. Hollywood homage film set during the time of the Manson murders. Yeah. It, mm. I know Tarantino's fallen out of our mm. favour a little bit for being a bit of a slimeball. Um, and now a documented slimeball with no consideration for his actors. But, yeah. but this cast is, again, a Tarantino level, like, Fuck me, this is an I mean, impressive he, amount he, of people. He knows how to corral a lot of good actors. He's also doing his classic thing of casting actors from his childhood um, TV faves uh, in roles. Um, yes. Because not only have we got sort of, you know, some more heavyweights like um, Al Pacino popping up in this one. Okay. Um, and I believe, I, I can't, I'm trying to find confirmation. I believe that uh, De Niro has filmed something for this as well. Um, well, why not? Yep, there's his name. Yeah, he's filmed something for this. But he's going back into his TV and, and cult film favourites, like he always used to do. Um, oh, yeah. And bringing out... Are you ready for this? Okay. Nicholas Hammond. Fucking hell. Yeah. He's playing a prominent All character right. in this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right interesting so color me color me intrigued um intrigued <laughs> um ridiculousness reaches its peak with the now full titled fast and furious presents hobbs and shaw mm-hmm. dwayne johnson and jason statham with idris elba as the villain uh, that's going to make a lot of money. Yeah. I think we have to see it on principle of ridiculousness. Yeah. I need to mind, that means I'm going to have to watch the other Fantastic... Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts Fast and, and Furious. Furious them. Fantastic Beasts. Uh, that means I'm going to have to watch the other Fast and Furious movies now, Well, apparently it? the best thing to do is jump in from number uh, six. Six, seven, and oh. eight are the ones to watch, apparently. Because they they're the ones that get ridiculous. Well, that's where they settle into a formula and enjoy their stupidity. Yeah. So, fair enough. Um, New Mutants is touted as being released around that time. Nope. As is Dora the Explorer. 
that well, that's gonna come out. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, 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 why. It's set after the show. It's set in high school, so I have no idea where. Yeah, I'm yeah. Go. I've seen, I've seen an image of the actress in costume. Yeah. Like they release a promo image of the actress in costume, and she does look like a teenage Dora the Explorer. But I don't know what that movie. Yeah, I mean, fine, sure, I, whatever. It, it's who is this for? But then I remind you, the voice of Swiper the Fox is Benicio del Toro. Yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. We're getting an okay. We're getting an onslaught of family shit in August. Um, family, family shit. Family shit. Some I'm excited about. Artemis Fowl, for example. Um. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is coming out. Okay. Which is a horror film um, produced by Guillermo del Toro. A group of young teens attempt to solve a mystery that involves a series of spectacularly horrific deaths in a small hometown. Ooh! Sounds pretty good, right? Nice. We're also getting Playmobil the movie and the Angry Birds movie 2. That's, oh. that's the title. The Angry Birds movie 2. But then skip to September, and Matt, everything's better again. Is it? Yeah. Why? Because we get It Chapter 2. Yeah, that's another one I rewatched recently. There was was the first, was Chapter 1. Oh, that's a very good movie. I really hope that's good. It's on its way. I really hope it's good. It's on its way. Uh, Blue Sky Studios is coming back with the animated film Spies in Disguise, which has a really nice Ugh. has a really nice visual style. Um, so it's worth a peek. Um, why is he a pigeon? Trailer. Well, it's a it's a cool visual choice. I don't know. Why, why is he a pigeon? Why not? We're also getting the animated Adams Family movie in October. Um, yeah, right. Which I'm intrigued, but I'd like to see some footage first. Uh, and the film adaptation of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, I am. As well as Zombieland 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be interesting to see Jesse Eisenberg in something. And they've made the, the smart trailer. call of setting it 10 years later. Because it is 10 years later. So don't try and hide. They've just done it. Every, everybody grow up. Yeah. Uh, Gemini Man is coming out from Ang Lee. Science fiction action thriller. Uh, most notably Ooh. for the cast. Will Smith, Clive Owen, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And Benedict Wong. Sold a ticket through Benedict Wong alone. Um, <laughs> Benedict Wong does sell tickets and he takes a commission, but it's a very uh, <laughs> small commission. Uh, it's better than Ticketmaster. DC shits the bed and decides to try spin-offs um, with Joker in October. Oh, that's coming out next year! That stars Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, Zazie Beats. Oh, no! Yeah. I, I am in direct by from Todd Phillips, director of The Hangover. I am intrigued. I am in. I just don't know what it's going to be. Like what? What? Mm. I mean, it, I I can't get my head around it. Here's the premise as it currently stands: In 1981, a failed stand-up comedian, disregarded by society that he lives in, turns to a life of crime and chaos in Gotham City. So, a little bit killing joke. A little bit, um, you know, sort of the man who laughs. I, I guess we'll see. <coughs> yeah, just it's just such a strange concept, but whatever. Bre- Brett Cullen's playing Thomas Wayne. 
So, I, I'm reluctant in the sense that this sounds like they've done the usual shite of what DC does, which is, we're going to do a prequel that's just left of centre. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what's the point then? But at the same time, um, Douglas Hodge is in it as Alfred. And yeah. uh, Dante Perea Olsen is Bruce Wayne, playing the young Bruce Wayne. So, again, it's this whole thing of the Joker exists. What... And it's like, yeah, but the most interesting thing about him is his dynamic with Batman. And his yet another, yeah. his yet another thing, albeit one that can use the name, unlike Gotham, um, where the Joker exists before Batman. It's just like, what's the point? But it's also Joaquin Phoenix it. playing the Joker. Granted, yeah, that's that's interesting casting, but... But all the on-set photos look intriguing as hell. Like, he's basically wearing the Cesar Romero outfit. Um, He's clearly got clown face paint on. Uh, Nearly every picture is smoking a cigar. Like, he's chain-smoking. So there's definitely a vibe going on here. Yeah. I I, I just... I'm, I'm, I'm so curious about it. Yeah. But it's, yeah, intriguing. I think it, need, intriguing. it needs to open with a graphic that says DCL's Worlds. And then I think we'll all go, okay, fine. Let's see what you got. Show us this random story of a version of the Joker. But it's just so strange. See so what else is it strange? Is... The franchise that won't die, despite how much it tries to kill itself. Terminator 6 comes out in November. Oh. <laughs> oh no, let's not talk about well, that. There are two upsides to this story. Yeah, I know Linda Hamilton's in Linda it. Hamilton is back as uh, Sir O'Connor, but it's directed by Tim Miller. This is the first first film from Tim Miller since Deadpool. Um Which was his first which film. Which was his first film. And Deadpool 2 proved that like as good as it was, there was definitely something missing um, to yeah. to the vibe of it all. Uh, this will hopefully be a showcase for Tim Miller. If this film's amazing, then that'd be so good because it'd be great for yeah. him. It'd be great for Terminator as a franchise. It might encourage them to call it a fucking day and end on a high note. Um, Please, which would be nice. Please, um, which would be very nice. Uh, what else do we get that month? Charlie's Angels. Um, Fucking hell. Uh, uh, Kristen Stewart, Naomi Scott, and Ella Belinska uh, are our angels. But the main reason I'm intrigued, Elizabeth Banks, director. Okay. I'm intrigued by that alone. All right, that's interesting. Uh, Kingsman The Great Game, which is a prequel set at the dawn of the agency. Matthew Vaughn is back to direct. Jane Goldman's on screenplay. So this could be just as freaking disastrous as their... um, trajectory always tends to go yeah and I, and I love them both just... i do love them both um but there is a pattern with their movies where the more they go on the more it relies on the stuff that the audience didn't enjoy as opposed to the stuff yeah. they did however being a prequel i am interested and again the cast charles dance Risa fans ray fines yeah. and in the main role daniel brule so, okay, yeah, I get that. Twenty nineteen seems to be the year of casts grabbing my attention so far. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll see if that bears any fruit. 
but yeah yes um if he can keep his freaking improv editing into his in his pants um paul feig's last christmas could be all right because it's a british comedy uh film starring amelia clark uh, um and emma thompson yay well um a simple favor was pretty good so yeah promising Prom assaying. Promising, definitely. Frozen 2, please piss off. <laughs> um, it's going to be fine. Currently titled Jumanji 3, but that'll definitely change. December sees a return to Jumanji, currently starring um, Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, and Karen Gillan. Yeah. So. Will it be. I think. Will it be. S- I think I think a smart decision would have been to have them in it, but not the stars, maybe? You know what I'd do? I would have it be the same kids going back into the game to save someone they know. Maybe. Or do, do the first one again, and you have the characters from the game come into the real world, but this time it's the game characters. It's it's not, some, it's not okay. someone trapped. It is the archetypal characters. That way, these guys get to play up the um, the traits that they didn't do in the last one because they weren't interesting. Uh, Star Wars, of course, coming out uh, a um, Little Women adaptation. Uh, it's coming out in December. Yeah, uh, directed by Greta Gerwig, who's also written the screenplay. Um. Oh, again, the cast for that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty great. How do you pronounce Miss Ronan's name? Is it Shwari? Shersha. Shersha. Shersha Ronan. Ronan. Emma Watson. <laughs> Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. Eliza Scanlon. Yes. Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Uh, Chalamet. Laura Dern. Yes. James Norton. Yeah. Louis Garrel. Yeah. Meryl Streep. Yes. Chris Cooper. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk. Why not? Abby Quinn. Um, okay, okay. Yeah. And in the same week as that bit of class comes out, um, <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers want to pound our intelligence into the dirt with a film called Super Intelligence, starring Melissa McCarthy, yeah, and James mm. Corden. Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake. <laughs> now, admittedly, he's just a voice in this, but still. Um, and last but certainly, certainly least... Um, certainly least cats. Uh, oh no! I'd forgotten about that. Would you like to know the cast, Matthew? Oh fuck off! Go on then. So, mm, 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 mm. some of these will make you happy. Uh, it's cats. Ma- None of it's going to make That's me happy. True. But some of these will make you want to punch your eyes into your forehead. <sighs> All right. Broadway. I mean, Broadway it- dancer and ballet expert Robert Fairchild is um, Monkstrap. Good casting. Okay. Okay. Rebel Wilson is Jenny Anadots. Fine. Yeah, that yeah. Okay. okay. Stephen McRae is Skimble Shanks. He's an Australian ballet dancer. Great. Yeah. They're mixing it up enough. Well done. Same with uh, Francesca Hayward as an English ballerina as Victoria. 
Okay. Um, Jason Derulo as Rum Tum Tugger. Now, I'm intrigued by that because he does have an air of ego and swagger in his musical persona. So I get it. But at the same time, hmm. that part's usually a little bit more sort of like rocker, snake hips kind of delivery. Can he do that? We'll see. Um, old Deuteronomy mm. has been gender flipped, son. Okay. Judy Dench. Okay. I'm down with that. Okay. I mean, the, the biggest problem is it's still fucking cats. Yes, that's true. But again, if we're just thinking on the basis of these performers <laughs> in these sorts of roles, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Like, and, and as far as I can tell, they're just they're just adapting the stage show, so they're not like fleshing it out like it will just be a series of songs and vignettes that introduce us to these characters and hopefully visually they will really play with it that's the only that's the only hope i really have visually they play i mean tom hooper's doing it so we'll see oh the man with no directorial flair whatsoever yeah it's going to rely very much on its cinematography i think yeah um cool as the villainous mccavity idris elba Hmm. Now, McCavity okay. doesn't get a song, if I recall. McCavity gets a song about him. But I wonder if they change that to get Idris's pipes in on show. McCavity, McCavity. There's no cat like McCavity. Yep. Now, Bomble Arena, if I remember correctly, doesn't really sing. Oh, these names are really irritating. He's being portrayed by Taylor Swift. If she doesn't get to sing, or at least sings but doesn't sing about a fucking breakup, fair enough. Um, now these last three are going to take you on a roller coaster of emotions. You ready? Oh, you, yeah. So you know the, the no. big breakout song from Thingy is um, "Memory." Yeah, by Grizabella, who you know is the glamour cat. Yeah. Jennifer Hudson. Okay. Yeah, like you know, got got pedigree, dream yeah. girls and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Gus, the theatre cat. Mm. Ian McKellen. Okay. Now, okay. Sure, sure. That's obviously a tongue in cheek. Sure. Ca- that's a bit tongue in cheek casting. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Look, looking up in terms of the cast members again. Looking up. I and, mean, yeah. Well, yeah, but just sort of at least the vibe is like you know, okay. Like let's see where they go with this. Bustopher Jones is played by James Corden. So I'm setting fire to IMDb. Ah! Um, and wishing you all a happy new year. Happy new a year. I'm wishing you all make it into the year. Can we stop putting James Corden in things, please? Can we just stop? Could you say that to his dad's penis? Like 30 odd years ago, <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, he was great in Gavin and Stacey. But, but Ruth Jones was the reason that worked, let's be honest. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, his guest appearances in Doctor Who were okay. And he's done other bits and pieces here and there, which are fine, but everything he's done recently has just been insufferable. He stole. He stole the musical maestro of uh, Comedy Bang Bang for his big band, leaving that beautiful man to not get to showcase his comedy talents anymore. And not just that. <sighs> he's no Craig Ferguson. Let's put it that way. Well, who is? Except for Craig Ferguson. 
uh, is he though? Are we? Have you ever seen them? Oh God! <laughs> have you? <laughs> have you ever seen them together? What? Yeah. Shut what? up. Oh. As a little, as a little sort of note, as we go into twenty nineteen, um, I think this year needs to be the year of creativity. Uh, and I don't just mean like as our objective, because uh, we definitely have plans which this year scuppered a little bit, but we were determined to bring some more stuff through. Um, there's yes. something I need to discuss with you as well, actually, which uh, I need to talk to you about soon. Um, but I'll save it for a day after today. <laughs> yes, um, do it. But in every possible sense, um, creativity needs to win out because our, po- our podcast about popular culture, we love to bathe in it and swim in it and talk about it and play it and live it and i like it when it goes in my eyes yeah, oh baby but the more creative and out there the more of a voice it has the more it's enjoyable the more people lap it up the more it, it the more it reinstills my faith in film and gaming and music and comics and and and, and you know that entire world and this year's proved that a lot the 2018 has proved that a lot with films yeah. such as Into the Spider-Verse and Black Panther films There's like that. There's been a lot of forefront. bad shit going on this year. Yeah. But I think Art a lot of vet, pop culture entertainment the blow. Is, yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, and, and because it's allowed, it's, it's had its voice uh, untethered for a lot of this year. Um, of course, yeah. there's corporate synergy within all this. Of course, there's angles and places it's coming from. But creativity's won out. And I hope 2019 continues that path. So as a little sort of gesture to everyone to let, you know, you know, this is, it's okay to get into this stuff and start to express yourself. Um, the screenwriters, as of yesterday, of Into the Spider-Verse yes. have been given the permission by Sony and have made their script public. So I'm going to... Uh, yeah, I saw I'm this. I'm going to retweet that from the Big Damn account uh, for everybody to, if you want to look it up, awesome. look at us, Big Damn Cast on Twitter. Um if you've ever been intrigued as to how scripts work, if you ever want to know how story structure works, if you just want to relive that movie but can't afford to go to the cinema this weekend, go read the script. Like, yeah. be inspired to create and and, and give it a try. Because um, who freaking knows what you might come up with? Yes. And on that note, yeah. uh, I need to go take a wicked shit. <laughs> yeah. This ran a little longer than we... We never, we never run to time. Oh, we were like, let's say voices. Okay, we'll do that. Let's stick to an hour-ish. Nope, and two hours. Fuck's sake. What are we creating? Yes, that's very true. We're creating summit well, from now, Your Honour. Let's create a rest. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you for listening, folks. As always, at Big Damn Cast on Twitter, BigDamnContact at gmail.com. We're going to dig through all the emails when Chris gets Big back. Big catch-up special. Um, so yes, keep so... Keep them, keep them coming in. Um, I'm playing Yakuza 4 and Avengers in Backwood at the moment, so I'll pop over to YouTube for that. And we'll have more stuff for you in the new year, um, which is now. Now is the new year. So, uh, I hope you all have a good one. And let's hope this one is better. Bye, folks! Bye! <laughs>